It's the Old Man Yells at Music podcast. And here's your host, that moderate-talking middle-aged man himself, Roger Stroop. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Old Man Yells at Music podcast. I'm Roger Stroop. This week I'm doing another installment of what I call Tales from the Bargain Bin. This is where I look at a song, album, or artist that was primed for big things, but for whatever reason, those big things didn't end up happening. Today's subject is a case of a record company looking at the musical landscape and signing a band that fit in with current trends, but at a time when those trends were waning and listeners were starting to look for what was next. What would have been a road paved with platinum two years or even one year earlier was now a dead end. Let's look at the history of, say, disco. If you're a label who signed a disco act in 1975, you were ahead of the game because Casey and the Sunshine Band were blowing up, Love to Love You Baby was about to take the world by storm, and soon the entire center of the celebrity universe would be a discotheque. If you signed a disco act in, in 1977, you were entering a scene at its height, with the world about to be in the grip of Saturday Night Fever, and even the Rolling Stones and Rod Stewart getting in on the action. If you signed a disco act in 1979, however, you were ignoring the signs that a backlash was coming, and you were spending money and resources that could have been better used looking for the next big sound. You can see the parallels in the 80s with the emergence of hair metal. If a label signed a hair metal band in 1985, they looked prescient, because Motley Crue and Bon Jovi were about to step into the multi-platinum stratosphere and newer bands like Poison and Cinderella were following in their wake. If they signed a hair, band, a hair metal band in 1987, they had their finger on the pulse, because more new stars like Warrant and Skid Row were about to fly up the charts, and even groups that didn't score top 40 hits like Bullet Boys and Britney Fox would end up getting gold albums. But if they signed a hair metal band in 1989, they weren't realizing that rock was getting ready to move on from leather pants, objectifying women, and sappy power ballads. And so it was that in 1989, MCA Records, a label whose big acts at the time included Tiffany, Jody Watley, and Bobby Brown, and whose hardest rocking star artist was Tom Petty, signed a, brand, signed a band straight off the Sunset Strip called Pretty Boy Floyd. And later that year, in October... They released the album Leather Boys with Electric Toys, with Zeds at the end of Boys and Toys. Pretty Boy Floyd formed in 1987 in Los Angeles. The original lineup consisted of singer Steve Sex Summers, guitarist Ariel Styles, bassist Vinnie Chaz, and drummer Carrie Kane. They started performing with a batch of songs that Styles wrote, but soon Styles was replaced with a new guitarist. Christy Crash Majors. The group quickly garnered major, major label attention playing L.A. clubs, performing mostly Styles-written material, and eventually they signed with MCA and went into the studio to record with producer Howard Benson, a guy whose credits to that point included producing The Wigs, a band whose members included Marty Ross, who we met in our first tale from the bargain bin, The New Monkeys. The band ran into a big issue early on. There was another glam band in Vancouver going by the name Pretty Boy Floyd, and they weren't keen on giving up their name. While this was in dispute, 
the L.A. Pretty Boy Floyd was set to have their first appearance on a record. An early version of their song, 48 Hours, appeared on the soundtrack to the movie The Karate Kid Part 3. But because they hadn't resolved the name issues, the band had to be credited on the album as PBF. Eventually, a settlement was reached. The Vancouver band changed their name to Tommy Floyd. And on October 5th, 1989, Leather Boys with Electric Toys hit stores. Let's start by talking about the album cover. It shows the band seemingly standing atop the skyline of a generic city with a wall of purplish dark clouds behind them. The band name is above them in purple and black script outlined in light blue in a kind of gothic font. The album title is at the bottom in red outlined in yellow in a font that I, th that I think is meant to evoke graffiti. And now let's talk about the boys themselves. Three of them have dark hair while the others are blonde. And speaking of hair, there is, an, uh, there is an abundance of it. It's all long and all piled several, several inches high atop their heads. As other bands in the genre were starting to eschew product for bandanas and trading in spandex for blue jeans, Pretty Boy Floyd were repping their album title to the fullest. They're all clad head to toe in leather and displaying varying amounts of bare torso flesh. And oh yeah, the tall one, presumably the singer, appears to be shooting lightning bolts out of his red-gloved hand. Clearly, these guys' style icons were Motley Crue circa 1984. But even the Crue's hair was starting to de-poof around this time. So this wouldn't seem to be a look that's particularly ready for the 90s. But now let's see about what's under the cover, shall we say. Let's see about the music. The album opens with the title track. Now you'll notice that I have yet to comment about the, the title, Leather Boys with Electric Toys. Clearly, it's meant to express toughness, and the electric toys they're talking about are obviously guitars. I can't imagine how it could be misinterpreted in any kind of jokingly offensive way. Not then, and certainly not over 30 years later. So let's talk about the song. It starts out with thunder sound effects, not only coordinating with the album cover, but also giving the impression that you're about to hear something very impactful. Then come the drums and guitars, and they're all right. It sounds at this point like a good goal song for a hockey team. And then Steve Summers comes in with the lyrics. We're black on black. We're a sex attack. We're the bullet boys. We're rocking with the sonic blast. Here we come a rocking like a wall of sound. Line them up, stack them up, and knock them down. Little girls all in a row screaming cock rock shock pop. They're dressed like some kind of horror show, screaming cock rock shock pop. Hey, let's go. We're leather boys with electric toys. We're making noise tonight. We're leather boys with electric toys. We're making noise tonight. We're leather boys with electric toys. We're making noise tonight. A lot to unpack here. First of all, why would you say we're the Bullet Boys when you know full well there's a band by that name that's essentially your competition? And then there's all that blatant sex stuff in the lyrics. Obviously, raunch is an 
is an integral part of hair metal, but it works best when it's done with wordplay and attitude. These guys are just yelling, sex attack and cock rock! And wanting to be rewarded for being sexy and daring. For me, it's just lazy and cheesy. And it actually increases the, the giggle factor of the title. And Summer's dropping an, dropping an F-bomb right at the end just seems like a forced and desperate attempt to say, We're bad. We're, we'll piss off your parents. Hey, Tipper Gore, please come back and yell at us. Track two was the album's first single. Rock and roll is going to set the night on fire. It's another fast one. And it's about the night and the rock and the fire. Here are lyrics. You say you want to set the night on fire, but there's just one thing that you need to take you higher. One, two, three, let's go. Rock and roll. It's Friday night. We're going to hit the lights. It's you and me. We're going to rock and roll all night. It's Saturday. It's Saturday. And there's just no way we're going to sit home alone. Well, oh no. Let me take you one step higher. Rock and roll is going to set the night on fire. We're the burning flames, too wild to tame. Yeah, 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 we're going to shock the world. All right, in Hollywood, wake up the neighborhood. All the boys and girls, they're going to scream and shout. Hey, we're the baddest boys making noise. Break the chains, what do you say? Rock and roll. Nothing wildly original in the words, music, or Summers's Vince Neilish voice. And two songs in, and they're already recycling lyrics, with another reference to boys making noise. Not a good sign. Track three is the album's first love song, Wild Angels. It's a different kind of song than the one before it, but notice how many lyrics are repeated from track two in the first couple of lines alone. Hey girl, let's run away. We'll set the skies on fire tonight. It's you and me. We'll run away to Hollywood. We'll rock and roll all night long like we never could. Cause now we're free. We're gonna come out screaming like a siren in the starlit night. We'll dance on the razor's edge and we'll be there. Be there under the spotlight. You and me, we're wild angels. We'll set the skies on fire. You and me, we're wild angels. We're going to set the skies on fire tonight. Well, hey, girl, we can run far away. Where the night's so young. The city lights is where we'll be. We'll hit the streets and we'll take the town. Rocking down to the solid sounds. It's you and me. You know we're wild and free. Oh, together we're a thunderstorm. We're raining everywhere we go. Oh, we won't stop until we see the top of the rainbow. Rainbow, you know. Oh. So these guys like Hollywood, rock and roll, and setting the night and or sky on fire. And cliches, if this song is any indication. 0 for 3 so far. The next track is the finished version of 48 Hours. It's about wanting to party all weekend. Like so. It's Friday night and I want to rock. I got 48 hours on the clock. We're running now till 6 a.m. When Monday starts that grind again. I spend five days waiting for two. We'll do the things that we want to do. We'll tell the boss goodbye. The teachers too. The next two days belong to you. 
rock, rock, 48 hours, 48 hours to rock, to rock. We got 48 hours, 48 hours to rock. The weekend world is just another place. We put on a different face. We live it hard and play it fast. Because Monday rolls around so fast. It's like money to burn, no time to spare. We both go fast on a wild weekend. Don't want to sleep, don't want to stop. There ain't much time on the clock. Rock, rock, 48 hours. 48 hours to rock, to rock. We got 48 hours, 48 hours to rock, to rock. Oh yeah. Ready, boys? Yeah, we're ready. Well, let's go. So this isn't super original either, but it's a popular and relatable subject, and at least it's got some hook to the chorus. To me, this is easily the best track so far. We'll go through the rest of the album right after this. Hi, this is your host, Roger Stroop, letting you know that if you like my point of view on old pop music, you can actually find lots more of it on the Old Man Yells at Music blog. I've been looking back at top 40 charts from the 70s, 80s, and 90s and beyond for almost 10 years now, and I've done hundreds of entries and covered thousands of songs from the American, Canadian, and British charts, from the A's to ZZ Top, from Abacab to Zoom. You'll also find my Uneasy Writer tournaments, celebrating the odd ducks of the American top 40. The 70s tourney is complete, but the 80s one is just getting started, and you can follow along on the blog as it progresses. And of course, you can find links to the latest episode of this podcast and the accompanying YouTube playlists there. So take a look at the Old Man Yells at Music blog, which you can find at bobbyglovescasey.blogspot.com. Why is it there? You'll have to go there to find out. That's the Old Man Yells at Music blog at bobbyglovescasey.blogspot.com. The fifth song is the album's only cover. Toast of the Town was originally a track from Motley Crue's debut, Too Fast for Love. Let's look at some lyrics. Hey, 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 kid. The whole house is shaken. We got the time right in our sights. Hey, 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 kid. The world's gone crazy, but you know it won't last too long. You know it won't last too long. You know it won't last too long. Hey, kid, you're the toast of the town. Well, hey, kid, you're the toast of the town. Hey, 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 kid, what's it going to get you? Screaming through the hours of the night. This version is pretty faithful to the original. Maybe sped up a little. But listening back-to-back -back with the crew version, you really notice Summers' tendency for drawn-out pronunciations of words. And here, it really restricts the punch the song packs. If Motley are fighting bare-knuckle, the pretty boys are using soccer boppers. Next is the second song with rock and roll in the title, Rock and Roll Outlaws. This one's about, well, let the lyrics speak for, speak for themselves. Take me to the electric jungle with the animals prowl in the neon night. We're like rhinestones to rags, like treasure to trash, gypsies of the night, the mask in a masquerade, rebels and renegades. We're breaking all the rules. The way we rock 
shock, rock, shock, yeah, yeah. We're rock and roll outlaws, always on the run. Rock and roll outlaws, we're just having fun. We're rock and roll outlaws. There's terror in the town tonight. It's me and you, baby. Glares and stares, we don't care. We just keep walking proud. We'll shine our colors. We'll shock the world and play our music real loud. We're all dressed to kill, looking for a thrill. We're breaking all of the rules. The way we rock, shock, rock, shock. Yeah, yeah. We're rock and roll outlaws, always on the run. Rock and roll outlaws, we're just having fun. We're rock and roll outlaws. There's terror in the town tonight. It's me and you, baby. Rock. Shock. We're scary. We're, we break rules. We rock. We shock. Do you believe us yet? Track seven is Only the Young. It employs the well-worn trope of representing the young and misunderstood and telling them to raise their voice. It's a theme that predates even standards of the genre, like the Who's My Generation. Here's an excerpt. No one seems to see what's inside of me. Well, I believe. You don't receive. You can't relate to me. Shaking their heads at us. In their eyes, I see disgust. We take the blame, because we're not the same. But that still won't change us. I'm going to fight for the right well to be who I am. There's a million just like us across this land. Only the young understand what we mean. Only the young know the hell that we've seen. Well, deep in the hearts of all the youth across the land, I know. Well, only the young understand. They always despise the things we symbolize. There's no harm done. We're just having fun. It's not hard to recognize. Well, they try to destroy the things that we enjoy like rock and roll, our hair and clothes. When they'll stop, no one knows. It's a cry of our nation, the young generation. No points for originality, but they do show some fire here, even if you doubt how much hell these guys have actually seen. Second best song on the album. Up next is The Last Kiss. It's about the stage of a relationship where you are so in love that you don't want dates to end. Lyrics now. Going out with you is something I can't wait to do. When we're together, the world can stop forever. Why do nights like this go so fast? They never last long enough, because our love will have to be postponed. It's time to go. The last kiss is always the hardest one to overcome. The last kiss is always a lonesome one. It means that love is done. Holding your hand, it puts me into wonderland. I can just drop everything and stay here with you, caressing you. The time is running out again. You know it always seems to end the night. Just as it starts, it's time to part. Not a great song, but definitely a relatable one, and that has its charm. Song nine is Your Mama Won't Know. It's about teenage boy horniness meeting resistance. Lyrics, please. I hit you on the spot. It was getting hot. You were just about to let go. 
we were in my car. We almost ran too far, but we stopped fast when you said no. Your mama taught you it ain't right, so you won't. Every time we get close, you say don't. She told you what to say to keep the boys away. But your mama won't know if I hold you tight. Your mama won't know if we kiss goodnight. Your mama won't know if we do or we don't. All I want to know is if we will or we won't. Girl, you turn me on, temptation getting strong. And I know that you feel it too, because it's you I crave, and I can't behave. You make it so hard to do. Another well-worn theme, and they do okay with it. But they haven't built, an, built up enough capital with the songs before it to get away with just okay here. And now we come to the album closer and the second single, The Big Ballad, I Wanna Be With You. Again, the song is sung from a teenage point of view, as if they're making no bones about aiming for prom ballad of 1990 status. Let's look at the lyrics. As I was walking out of class the other day at school, I saw you. Don't think I've ever seen you around here before. You must be new. What's your name? Where are you from? Our conversation's just begun. Maybe we can talk more after school. I know that we just met, but maybe you'd like to let me go out with you. I want to be 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 with you and only you. I got your number from a friend, so I called to talk to you. I don't live too far. We could walk down to the park if you got nothing else to do. Being that you're new in town, you probably want to look around. But I could tell you before you do. Because you really mean a lot to me. And you don't have to look no more. Because I found the girl I'm looking for. First of all, he pronounces the word class, class. Not sure why they thought this was the moment to bring out the put-on British accent, but okay. And second, go back and listen to the lyrics, or even better, Google them. They're so awkward. You could say, you could say what, they, what they say in the whole first verse in just one or two lines. I know rhyming is hard, and sometimes you have to stretch, but it's so stretched out that you notice while you're listening, and that's a problem. I've been known to forgive this kind of thing in songs by acts for whom English isn't their first language. But here, it's a distraction from what is supposed to be a sweet tale of young love. You see the gears grinding. In that way, this song epitomizes the entire album. We'll have more right after this. Hello, Roger Stroop again. We all know that COVID-19 is hitting small businesses particularly hard, and I have first-hand knowledge of this, as my wife is a home-based music teacher. Right now, she isn't doing lessons at home, but she has been able to teach some of her students over the internet, which got me thinking. You don't have to live in the St. Catharines, Niagara area to learn piano, voice, and or musical theory from Linda's Lessons. I've told you before about her years of experience and many satisfied customers. I've also told you you can look up Linda's Lessons on Facebook 
and see videos of her singing, you'll know for sure she knows what she's doing. So if you want to learn music and you think you'd be more comfortable learning over the internet, take a look at the Linda's Lessons page on Facebook. At the very least, you'll hear an amazing singer, my wife, Linda Quick. Thank you very much. So what's my overall take on this album? I think I'd like it more if I was a diehard fan of the genre. But from my point of view, these guys really, really wanted to literally be the new Motley Crue. And at the time, that did make a sort of commercial sense, because one week after Leather Boys with Electric Toys came out, the crew hit number one on the album chart for the first time with Dr. Feelgood. But to me, nothing they do here convinces me that I wouldn't be better off list just listening to Shout Out the Devil or Too Fast for Love instead. So what was the result of all this? Leather Boys with Electric Toys took a while to make the charts, but it finally reached the Billboard 200 albums in March of 1990. It stayed on the list for 10 weeks, getting as high as number 130. Neither of their singles reached the Hot 100, but in Britain, Rock and Roll is going, to, is going to Set the Night on Fire charted for two weeks, peaking at number 75. When you just look at those numbers, it's a respectable showing for a debuting band, and certainly much better than the New Monkees did. But the problem was they were doing these figures in a genre that was starting to cool off and was about 18 months away from cr cratering. There were still new hair metal acts becoming stars, but not many. Slaughter's 1990 debut, debut album, Stick It To You, went double platinum, but that band had some previous credibility from two of its members being in the Vinnie Vincent Invasion, a group fronted by a guy who played in Kiss for two years. And Nelson went double platinum and had a number one single with Can't Live Without Your Love and Affection. But not only did they have the gimmick of being fronted by the twin sons of the late 50s rock and TV star Ricky Nelson but they had a pop-friendly sound that made Bon Jovi sound like Napalm Death. And guess what? Their drummer was the other non-Vinnie Vincent member of the Vinnie Vincent Invasion. And those bands saw steep declines in their fortunes once Nirvana, Nirvana changed everything. So unfortunately, it was inevitable that the only direction Pretty Boy Floyd was headed was to the bargain bin. But MCA didn't immediately give up on Pretty Boy Floyd. In 1991, they put their song Slam Dunk on the soundtrack to the Blake, Blake Edwards comedy Switch. But by 1992, the writing was on the wall, and the band was dropped. The group would break up to join other bands. Then they reformed with modified lineups that released an EP in 1998 and new albums in 2004 and 2017. A lineup containing Steve Summers and Christy Majors continues to tour on the hairband nostalgia circuit. Carrie Kane now works as a special effects makeup artist in Hollywood. Vinnie Chaz, sadly, died of heart failure in 2010. Meanwhile, producer Howard Benson has had a long and prolific career with close to 200 credits. Immediately after this, he did some more late-period hairbands. Then he transitioned to harder stuff in the mid-90s including Motorhead and Ice-T's thrash band Body Count. Then he moved into ska-punk, new metal, and emo. There was also a period where, where he was producing a lot of American Idol alumni, including Chris Daughtry, Adam Lambert, James Durbin, 
and even Kelly Clarkson. His recent work, however, has been on the harder edge of metal. And now it's time for my second edition of my new recommendation segment, Old Man Yells at You. This time I thought I'd give you a list of 10 songs from the hair metal genre that I genuinely love. Like I said, I was never really into it as a whole, but good songs are good songs. I didn't include older bands who had revivals thanks in part to the emergence of hair metal. I'm talking about Aerosmith, Alice Cooper, ACDC, etc., and I, didn't, and I didn't include newer hard rock bands that emerged around the same time as the genre and were sometimes lumped in with it but didn't really fit. Like Living Color, The Black Crows, and biggest of all, Guns N' Roses. You can debate that last one, but I still say they're not a hair band, in spite of Axel's quaff in the Welcome to the Jungle video. Anyway, in rough chronological order, here's the list. Rock of Ages by Def Leppard. Pyromania launched hair metal as a commercial force, and this is the centerpiece. It's mindless fun, but with conviction. That's summed up in one phrase. Unge glieben glauten globen. Round and Round by Rat. Yes, it's gotten a revival from the Geico commercial, but it would be here anyway. Great melody, great chorus, and Milton Burles in the video. How can you deny it? We're Not Gonna Take It by Twisted Sister. Rebellious and even bordering on punk. Fist-pumping glory from Dee Snyder. And speaking of videos... Home Sweet Home by Motley Crue. I felt like there had to be a power ballad on here, and this is the best of them. I Feel the Love. You Give Love a Bad Name by Bon Jovi. Their best song by far. Yes, it's poppy as hell, but there's enough of an edge to keep it metal. Wait by White Lion. That's just a great pop song, and it keeps you hooked throughout. Kiss Me Deadly by Lita Ford. This is, this is not a token female representative. This is genuine blue-collar rock about drinking and fighting and not getting laid. She may be in Joan Jett's shadow a bit when it comes to ex-runaways, but this is up there with anything the Blackhearts have ever put out. 18 in Life by Skid Row. Hair metal struggled when it tried to be taken seriously, but this one got the message across with credibility and a catchy hook. Come Along by Salty Dog. The one choice that wasn't a big hit, but I couldn't leave out a song that mixes glam, ACDC-style raspy vocals, ZZ Top Boogie, and Zeppelin Stomp. And their album peaked 47 places lower than Pretty Boy Floyd. That ain't right. And for my last pick, Unskinny Bop by Poison. The last great hit of the genre's heyday. They get down and dirty Aerosmith style while maintaining their own identity. And they invent, and they invent a fun new sexual euphemism. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Old Man Yells at Music podcast. As always, if you like what you've heard, share, subscribe, and leave a review where you found it. You can also leave feedback on the Facebook and Twitter feeds, both of which are at Mr. B. Glovehead. 
or on the blog post for this episode, which is at bobbyglobescasey.blogspot.com. As always, there's a companion YouTube playlist for this episode, which I will link to in the show notes. All lyrics quoted are for the purposes of discussion and review. No infringement is intended. Next week, it's back to the charts, looking at June of 1981. We'll see how pop had found its footing 18 months into the 80s. Until then, I'm Roger Stroop, and no one can save me. The damage is done. Stay safe.